This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Ned's collection of full-spectrum hemp oil products, including oils, body butter, lip balm, and their unique natural cycle collection for women. You can get 15% off today with free shipping by going to www.helloned.com slash nomeat. That's www.helloned.com slash nomeat and use the code nomeat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Matt, we have another another digital nomad wandering around this episode. Oh my gosh, where 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 is he today? <laughs> In a phone booth, I think. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, something like that. Chris, where where are you right now? Yeah, I, I am actually in a uh, like a call booth in uh, a co-working space in uh, Colombia, Medellin, Colombia. So, I apologize for any um, background noise. There's some salespeople in the phone booth next to me. In the call, in the call booth next to you, yeah. like an old school phone booth, like uh, they kind of like yeah, the they kind of designed them like that to make it feel like you're in a like an old old call box. It's just, it's just missing the <laughs> payphone. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so we have Chris here. Chris is um, the other half of our new marketing team with uh, Michael, who was on an episode a couple a couple weeks ago. Uh, and Chris, we're, we're excited to have you. And, and today we're not going to be talking so much about digital nomading as much as, uh, as van life. Hashtag van life. Yeah, Which is all right the now. rage on YouTube, right? You tell me that, Doug? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is all the rage on YouTube and on Instagram. It's, uh, it's just, it's all the rage. It, it's <laughs> funny. Anytime I posted uh, anything related to van life uh, on Insta, it would get like 10 times as much, you know, attention. And I'd get tons of messages asking me questions and stuff. It was, I immediately figured out like people are really interested in this. All right. <laughs> so we need, we need to say what van life is because I didn't know. I thought it was just a dumb joke you guys were doing at, uh, in Colorado when we had the Nomad Athlete team <laughs> meeting. I mean, I really thought it was just that Chris lived in a van sometimes, so we were saying van life for it. I didn't realize it was actually a thing. Uh, so why don't we why don't we just start at the beginning of what what this is? Uh, keeping in mind that people listening to this, you know, I don't know if people are actually going to do it, but I think I think if if we first of all, if someone has never heard of this before and we give them the idea and it inspires them and they say, hey, now my life has a purpose, I'm going to go try to figure out how to do this next year. Uh, that would be good. Uh, or if we just inspire people to to you know push the envelope a little bit, think outside the box, whatever. Um, that's also good. Like we had Michael on a couple weeks ago and like, like I said, like it was inspiring to hear, even though I'm going to only do a 10th of that, right? Like in my own travels and minimalism. Um, so in other words, don't run, don't hold anything back, but keep in mind, uh, you know, we're, we're talking to people, a lot of people who don't know what this is. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not for everybody. There's a lot of, a lot of surprises, uh, that I quickly realized once I got into it that I'll, I'll be happy to share with you guys. So, so what does it what does it actually mean to live live in a van? Because right now you're in Colombia, right? Um, so you're not in a van. But what, yeah, what what does van life mean to you? So I, I think it means a lot. I mean, people define it differently. Some people, you know, define it as like only if you're in it full time. You know, twelve months a year. I'm kind of doing this hybrid thing where I'm traveling half the year uh, in the wintertime, uh, mostly in Latin America lately, and in the summertime I'm going back up to Alaska and essentially living in my van. Um, so uh, I am full-time when I'm in Alaska. I mean, I will get like a, an Airbnb every you know every month or something until I do my laundry or you know maybe stay with a friend here and there if I'm passing through somewhere. Um, but I'm pretty much full-time uh, while I'm up there. So I would 
call that, you know, I'm Van Leifen. Um, maybe some purists uh, disagree. Um, but I also encountered a lot of people uh, up in Alaska that were doing uh, a little different version, like a, a lighter version than what I was doing, where they had a really nice van set up. Uh, they still had, you know, apartment or a house, and they would just kind of use it to do, um, you know, like long weekend trips in the middle of nowhere uh, and kind of just used it as a, yeah, like a little little getaway kind of house and they weren't doing it full time. And I'd, I'd consider them, you know, van lifing also. Um, so yeah, that's how I'd broadly define it. Yeah, I think, so the the two people that I know who have uh, sprinter vans or sleeper vans, um, I do it as a, as part-time there when they're going away for the weekend instead of camping, instead of like bringing a camping tent and all that stuff, they just kind of drive their van, right? And take their van and, and kind of do it for these weekend or or week-long trips, uh, but still have a house that they're coming back to during the week. Um, and that's that's kind of like I have this long-time vision of myself having a, a pickup truck that I've converted in, like the back <laughs> of, you know. <laughs> so not like the whole van thing, but like a pickup truck that, that's converted where I could drive to Trailhead or drive to a race and uh, and spend the night in my truck and then wake up and... Uh, and go do some epic adventure. Uh, so I, you know, I think that I think it's super cool that people live full time in their van, and you do for months at a time. I think that is amazing. Um, you know, but I also think that it, it's a super awesome idea to just use what you have or use what you can and convert it, and be able to kind of get away for the weekend. Yeah, I think yeah. There's, that there's was a... a. Sorry, when I told you uh, that I didn't like free solo. You uh-huh. said, no, it was good, because he lived in his van, and like, uh, <laughs> he was cooking in there and sleeping in there. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's why it's good, I see. <laughs> that's what I said? Uh, more or less. <laughs> I don't know if that's I mean, true. It's, on, it's recorded somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> that guy is van life again. <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess he is. Um, yeah, all right, yeah, so. There, there, there's like a whole spectrum, you know, like what, what you were just describing, Doug, like kind of doing the weekend thing. It's like. It's kind of like glorified car camping, you know, but instead of having to set right. up a tent here, just you got a nice little setup in the back. Uh, so, you know, setting up camp and breaking down camp is way easier. You just go to the back. Um, mm-hmm. And it, so, it can also look like, it can also look very different too. I mean, I don't, maybe if you have like, because I know schoolies are a thing, right? Where you like convert an, uh, like a short school bus. Oh man, that's a ton of space. So I, I was in a much smaller vehicle. That, that would feel almost like too big if i had that much square footage uh-huh. <laughs> what, what's the difference between this and like normal uh rving where you just get an rv that's made to designed with all these you know bathrooms that turn into kitchens and all that kind of stuff like is is, is there a difference yeah so not not uh, okay so the way so i i've, I've I learned quite a bit about the differences as I got into it more. So I kind of assumed that it was kind of all all in the same, like like you're like you're saying. Uh, and then I realized that the I think the the van life thing is more about being nimble and moving around a lot, you know, on a whim. Whereas when you're in this big lumbering RV, you need to plan plan a lot more. You know, you got to uh, book spots ahead of time if you don't know the area because uh, you're you know parking this forty eight foot vehicle. Um, yeah, but like small ones though. Like so, my dad, for example, has like the Sprinter style rv where it's still whatever class of van that is you still can drive it into cities and all that but it's different because i'm at at least in my limited view um it seems different because that you kind of pay for like all these you know well-designed uh and often expensive things that that make your i mean it sounds to me like the van life is more about putting together a situation from from an old van is that uh 
It's yeah, it's they're, 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 I mean, you could definitely go and spend half a million dollars on a very well outfitted, you know, like, you know, quote unquote sprinter van. That's that's still technically a van, right. but uh, it seems to be more kind of do it yourself uh, yeah. kind of people. And, and you could still I mean, the sky's the limit. I've, I've, I've seen, you know, people have, you know, soaking tubs in the back of their of their vans and you know, it's the, the, the craziest stuff. But uh, <laughs> my, mine's much more rustic um, kind of basic setup. But one day, one day. Do you have aspirations for a soaking tub in the back of your van? You know that that's a little much. Uh, I'd be happy with a bathroom and a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well. All right. So let's let's talk about the logistics. Because all right. So if you if you were to look on Instagram and look search the hashtag van life or or just do some of the van life uh, YouTube videos. I mean, like you said, that there there are some people who have pimped out their van. I mean, just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it just looking really really sharp and really fancy um is the average person who is living in a van because i know that you guys are you were telling us in colorado that sometimes you would park and there'd be a bunch of other people who were had their van like are most people really living that luxurious of the life inside of a van or is it is it typically pretty basic yeah, no, d- d- very, very basic. So the uh, the pictures you see of the really fancy ones on Instagram, that's that's pretty rare. I mean, I'm definitely encountering some pretty awesome vans when I was roaming around in Alaska. But for the most part, they're pretty beat up, uh, you know, people doing it on a budget. Uh, you know, there's always some, like, you know, rich retirees that have some brand new rig that everyone's checking out. But it, for the most part, it's uh, it's that's not that's not the usual thing you're encountering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing that I found that was interesting when I when I was kind of getting into this and deciding, do I go for a really small setup or do I go for you know a bigger sprinter van? Um, everybody that I talked to, all the videos I watched, um, everyone uh, said that they wish they had gone more basic and smaller. And they their first kind of go at it, they 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 took on too much and they they shouldn't have, have you know they don't they didn't need the shower, they didn't need the kitchen and all the, all these other things that you think are critical. So that that was like I heard that so much that it just really stuck in my head. Like man, maybe I should just start with something small, make sure that like, I don't hate this, uh, do it for a season or two. And then, you know, I'm going to understand how I'm going to, how I'm going to van life and, uh, have a better idea of what would be appropriate, uh, for me. So that I was really happy I did that because, uh, even, okay. So my initial plan before I went up there was I was going to get like a sprinter van, like, like a big cargo van, uh, that I could stand up in, uh, put, you know, build a shower and bathroom, decent sized little kitchen, queen size bed, like everything. And I ultimately ended up getting a minivan. <laughs> which seems like a pretty, pretty big step down. Um, but I, I'm really glad I did uh, because I, I actually ended up outfitting the minivan too much. And I, and like within a couple of weeks, I started getting rid of a ton of stuff. Um, so hmm. yeah, it, it was really, um, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you guys were talking with Michael a couple of weeks ago about, you know, living the minimalist lifestyle. As you kind of get more into it, you realize like, man, I don't even like, why the heck did I buy a two burner camp stove? That's that's ridiculous excess. <laughs> I only need one. Uh, like like little, little things like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad I went really small because, uh, I mean, besides just, you know, it, being stealthy in Alaska is not really relevant. I mean, nobody cares. You can pretty much the whole state as a campground. You just park wherever you want. And for the most part, nobody bothers you. Um, but it was really nice to just be nimble and small. Like if I had a bigger sprinter or a bigger RV, I couldn't really pull into, uh, you know, some of the towns and, and just feel confident that I could, you know, find a spot that no one would bug me. That was really nice. Um, hmm. And, you know, I wasn't worried about burning gas. So on a whim, I would drive two, three hours to, you know, the other side of, you know, the state to, because the, the weather was better. You know, it's like, all right, I got, I got a minivan. Who cares? It's a couple of gallons of gas. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I would definitely encourage anyone more? that's thinking about doing this, like you need way less than you think you do. Like everyone I talked to is like, oh, I absolutely can't live without a flushing toilet. I can't live without, you know, this, this long list of stuff. And then at the end of the day, you realize like, I was barely using any of these, these things that I thought were critical. And then, yeah, I mean, what, what my setup looked like at the end of last summer versus at the beginning, it was a lot less clutter, much fewer things, just life was a lot simpler and uh, it was better. So on, on that note, as far as practical things, I mean, you, you talked about how you were going to get one that had a kitchen and all that, but it sounds like you didn't get one that has a kitchen. You're... No, no, you, you guys want me to tell you my, my whole like setup real quick? It's, it's very, very simple. Yeah, do that. And um, then I want to know particularly about food, but... Right. Sure. Um, so the setup was super simple. I, I ended up building it in half a day with a, a buddy of mine that lives up in Alaska. And, and just to be clear, like I am not handy at all. Like I, I don't own any power tools or whatever. Um, so I, I built a super basic uh, bed platform that's you know raised up about eight inches. Uh, and then I got some big like plastic Tupperware style bins that slide in perfectly underneath that platform. Carpeted that platform, put a like a three inch thick Tempur-Pedic uh, mattress on top of that. And that was pretty much it. I just had uh, had storage underneath the entire bed, which was more than enough. Uh, half of it was my food, half of it was my clothes and gear. And then uh, I had a little like um, cooler that uh, kind of wedged into the front behind the driver's seat. And um, that was pretty much it. And then, uh, you know, a lot of the same kind of cooking gear that you would have if you were camping. So I had like a you know, big seven gallon you know, water jug, uh, cooking a camping stove. Um, yeah, and then some miscellaneous pots and pans, and um, that was pretty much my whole setup. Um, yeah. Are you doing uh, so? So there's no like kitchen area, right? Are you are you pulling all of that out of your van to cook every day? Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, different setups that I saw that that were like kind of indoor outdoor setups where you can kind of have your kitchen setup sort of on this like sliding drawer thing, so that you can kind of be outside. I thought about building something like that, and I had intended to underneath um, the bed pl platform in the back, so I'd have a little, you know, water. I, I could, I'd have the tailgate up, you know, so if it was raining, I was st still sheltered, and I could still kind of have everything right there. But then, so that that was something I intended to, like a feature I was going to add. Then after living with my setup, you know, for a couple of days, I'm like, who cares? I'll just, I just pull out my little camping stove, or find a little bench, whatever, uh, or picnic table, and just kind of do my thing. And it didn't even really seem necessary uh, to go that far, so. I was quickly realizing that I was learning so much uh, about, you know, about van life once I was actually doing it that a lot of my assumptions before I got into it were, were kind of off. So I just figured, let me just kind of wing it this summer and, and, and err on the side of like doing less and, and modifying the van less and just, you know, make sure what I want, you know, is exactly what I want after I've, uh, you know, really put myself in the situation. And by the end of the summer, it was like, you know what? I just started scratching stuff off. I was like, I don't need this. I don't need that. And I, I, I liked the, just how just little stuff. I was, it was like less stuff to get cluttered and get messy. So like every morning when I kind of organize, it's just less stuff. So I just got more into this, you know, extreme minimalism van life. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, gl I'm glad I didn't, I didn't blow a bunch of money on a big sprinter van and do this elaborate build out because I would definitely be regretting it right now. <laughs> So how do you do, like, the most basic little tasks seem like they would take some work if you're not at a permanent setup. Like, if you wanted to get a cup of coffee or tea, uh, I mean, you, if you're not going to go to Starbucks, and I'm guessing that there aren't all that many Starbuckses in, in the wilderness, uh, what, you know, what do you do? You get out your stove and, like, heat up some water and all that? Or do you have a yeah. hot sink so, kind of thing? Or? So I'll, I'll definitely admit that, like, the first few weeks especially – 
um, I was kind of learning the ropes. And there was many moments those first couple of weeks where I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. This is miserable. This sucks. I'm like, like just scrambling to find a bathroom last minute. And like, everything just like, everything was going wrong. Uh, my, uh, my window, like my sunshades hadn't come in and you know, there's like 20 hours of sunlight. So I'm like in the back of this hot van with like mosquitoes and like, it was just miserable. But after you kind of figure out just kind of like the little, you just kind of figure things out uh, and it becomes really easy. So, you know, everything used to be this huge production at the beginning, but then uh, you know, like, for example, making a cup of coffee or some tea, I figured out that I could run my little jet boil behind the passenger seat um, inside the vehicle and That's it would actually generate it. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, and it would actually generate a ton of heat. So I got and got into this little routine in the morning, <laughs> where I'd get up in the I'd get up in the morning, uh, yeah, I'd go outside, and you know, you go number one, and I would uh, turn on the the jet boil, which take like literally like a minute or two to heat up uh, to boil the water. By the time I got back, water's boiling, van's like twenty degrees hotter, you know, and I just have like a nice little delightful morning in the middle of nowhere with my coffee. So you, if, if you're like a casual van lifer and you're doing it like uh, every couple months, like for a weekend or whatever, it's going to be production. Um, but you quickly just kind of learn the tricks of the trade. And, you know, like that, that, that first month when I was still figuring out, okay, like where, where do I park exactly? Like are cops going to mess with me? Like, how does this all work? Like, it, you know, it, I would, I'd start like stressing out about where I'm going to park for the night at like, you know, three or four in the afternoon and it would just be this huge production. And then you just kind of figure it out. And then by the, by the end of the summer, it's like, I could swoop into a completely new spot within 15 minutes. I know like what to look for, where the other van lifers are at if I have to. And it just, just, just kind of figure it out, you know, and it's, it becomes like a non-issue. Um, the, uh, the morning routine was, was a big thing because like I told you, I didn't, I didn't have a bathroom. So that was always kind of a production. So that, that was like a big thing of anxiety the first you know a couple weeks but that's another thing you just kind of figure it out um and all the things that you think are going to be big deals that are going to be a big pain in the ass and you know after just kind of getting into it for a few weeks it's kind of like eh, none of none of the things i was really worried about really were a problem um and then it just became just kind of more and more fun like none of the you know like the I, I wish I, I like took more pictures and like took more like and took more notes about that first couple of weeks because there was a few times where I was like pretty close to pulling the plug. Um, I wouldn't say it was miserable, but it wasn't like it wasn't this like fantasy Instagram you know thing that I, I was led to believe. Um, it was a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of like like you said, a lot of things that just sucked. Um, but uh, once you kind of learn the ropes, uh, and then it turned from you know okay, I'm figuring out how to live on the road to I figured that out and now I'm just enjoying living on the road. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I would say I started kind of turning that corner about two or three weeks in. Sounds like when you go vegan, right? First it sucks and like you can't do all these things you thought you could do and it's a big production and then and then suddenly <laughs> yeah. you start loving it and it's easy. That's a really good analogy, yeah. Well I so I actually want to talk about that specifically because you are vegan. Um Doug says that everyone who lives in a van is vegan. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but you can let us know. But I'm just, I mean, people think going vegan sounds like a hard thing, even in a full home kitchen, right? Like, how am I going to deal with all that? That's just like, you know, you got to have to relearn how to cook, how to do all this. So to imagine for someone who's not vegan or thinking about it or just, you know, halfway vegan or whatever, um, you know, it, it might just sound impossible, right? This guy's vegan and lives in a van and cooks all his food in, in a van. Like, just, I would, like, this is a good place for specifics because I, you know, this is a vegan podcast, obviously, and, and, I think we should spend time on that. Um, like, what are you, 
I don't know. Like, the, can you just say like what you're like? Like, are you cooking three meals a day? Are you eating a bunch of sure. trail mix? Yeah, no, no. Bars? The, the the food thing is like a big a big part of this, right? Um, and I think ironically, being vegan makes it easier because a lot of the like a lot of the animal stuff is like you got to worry about the perishing and like like I mm-hmm. I know I I actually felt that. Um, you know, like I, I saw other people that I was kind of hanging out with and stuff and like it was like they'd have this big, like they'd go and buy groceries and they have like fresh milk and, you know, meat and eggs and all this. And they're freaking out about like keeping everything in the right temperatures. And like I got a bunch of dry goods and like, OK, if my soy milk smells a little funky halfway through, I'll just toss it out. Who cares? So like, I, I actually <laughs> felt like my my food situation was way easier to navigate than uh, other people I met that weren't vegan. Um, and. I kind of just, just like you said before, like you get kind of get into a routine, you kind of figure out a repertoire of, uh, of meals you can easily make. And um, after, you know, after the first month, I kind of had a, you know, 10, 15 kind of go to meals. Um, and yeah, just kind of be, kind of became pretty easy again. Um, what what can, were those uh, go tos? Yeah, sure. Um, I, so I sacrificed <laughs> um, variety for kind of like health and ease. So I'm, you know, I, obviously I like food and I like, I like variety, but, uh, when I'm on the road, it's just for me personally doing like a huge production to make some elaborate meal. It's like, eh, there, there's a lot of really simple things you can make that are still tasty. Um, so most of the things I'm going to tell you are on the, on the basic side. Um, so breakfasts were always really easy. I would either do like, you know, chia seed pudding or some kind of, um, you know, uh, plant-based yogurt. If I had been to the grocery store recently with some, you know, granola and fruit and nuts, um, or like some cereal with soy milk, um, or if uh, I'd gone through town recently and there's a good bakery, I'd you know make some um, toast or you know avocado toast, something like that. And uh, I would breakfast and lunch, and it's all kind of the same. I, I basically had like 15 meals that I'd make, and it didn't matter what time of the day. It's just you know, it's a meal. A meal's a meal. Um, so the other kind of easy stuff would be like soups, um, like lentils, like any, anything that was, uh, I didn't want to create a bunch of dishes. So anything that was kind of like a one pot kind mm-hmm. of stew soup thing was, was always really easy. Um, and, uh, sandwiches and I'd always have some tortillas, make like wraps and stuff like that. Um, greens were kind of hard to come by. So anytime I was going through, through town, I'd always kind of stock up on some greens. So I'd have at least a few days of, of and some salads and stuff. Um, but uh, let me think. What else are my my go to? Uh, if I were um, if I were in a place that was like comfortable and I was going to be there for a couple of days, then I might kind of get a little more elaborate with my cooking. Um, so, for example, I would you know do like you know veggie stir fries or uh, like a tofu scramble or like some pasta. Um, but that required you know I need to have like a little bench um, and bring out my camping stove and you know, kind of do all that. Uh, whereas all the other m- meals I mentioned before, I mean, I could just make them in the back of the van, you know, cleanup was easy. Just you know, sit there either in the passenger seat or stand next to the van and, uh, and assemble it. Um, it was more like if I had, you know, some time, it was like weekend and I was exploring somewhere middle of nowhere and I you know, wanted to indulge in a, a big meal. I'd you know, cook up something. Um, yeah. How, so, how often were you actually, actually pulling out the camping stove? Uh, I'd say about once or twice a week. Um, no, really? and I would always, yeah, I mean, it's a production, so I would always like make a ton of extra food too. So if I'm making tofu scramble, I'm making like five of them and wrapping them in tortillas and, you know, yeah. um, do you have a refrigerator so, or just put things outside? Uh, I did not. <laughs> um, so, uh, to, to do, to do, uh, yeah, you definitely can't leave stuff outside. Um, to do the, to do the fridge that requires, uh, you having like a power setup cause you, you can't run it off of your, uh, your car battery. It's going to just dial the time. 
And that was kind of getting into like this whole other realm of like, ah, do I really need it? And some of these new, these new coolers, like they claim to hold ice for like five days. Um, so I figured yeah, I could probably get away with this. And, um, you know, I, I was usually hanging out in like pretty cool areas. So there's always glaciers nearby and stuff. So there was a few times where I was stacking the cooler with ice, you know, from a glacier that was formed <laughs> thousands of years ago. <laughs> that, that's always kind of surreal to have like some block of thousand year old ice in your cooler. Um, I'm not sure that's allowed though. So maybe don't, yeah. <laughs> don't take ice from glaciers people. Um, but uh, it, it ended up not really being a big deal. Um, Alaska doesn't get like insanely hot, you know, so middle of the day, you know, I got the windows cracked, the van's like 65, 70. So I would usually get away with, even if I had to buy ice, I was good for like, you know, five, six days usually. Yeah. And no, no Vitamix or a blend deck? I didn't even mention that. I think I would, I would no. only drink smoothies if I lived in a van. That would have been really nice. Uh, if I, if I, well, when I eventually upgrade to a, a nicer van setup, um, like a Sprinter or something, there's, yeah, I'm definitely having a, fixed, you know, Vitamix built into the, the counter. That would have been very nice. Well, I guess that'd be, that'd be part of the power setup, right? Or is that, is that not? Yeah, exactly. Power? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotcha. to, to do the power thing, it like, it just opens up this whole other can of worms. Like you need to have a battery bank. You need to have a, a inverter. You need to have, right. you know, are you going to charge it by solar through your, your, your car's engine? It's just kind of, it was like this whole other thing. Like, ah, I didn't even want to get into that. Let me, let me make sure that I don't, I'm not miserable on the road for a few months before I, I start uh, getting that, uh, that elaborate with the setup. And what was the coffee setup? I, just, I mean, how, do you, how would you do coffee? Oh, yeah. you, you Actually, coffee my here? coffee setup was was really dialed in. Uh, so <laughs> I had a, I had a, like a stovetop espresso mocha pot thing. So if it was uh -huh. like, you know, if I had a lot of time on my hands on a weekend or something, I'd, you know, make myself some espresso and uh, heat up some milk and, you know, make a nice latte, nature latte. Um, if it was during the week and I was kind of in a rush and I needed to, you know, get into the library to do some work, um, I would just do a, a pour over, just standing right next to the van or if there was a bench nearby there and... Uh, Kind of the same deal. Would you know? I'd boil the water, and I was running to the bathroom. The van would heat up nicely, and then I'd have like my nice little toasty uh, van to enjoy my coffee in in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, pour over and a stovetop. Uh, Aeropress? Stove no espresso. No, I thought about that, but I don't know. It's kind of a production, and it's kind of pain in the ass to clean, and yeah. Oh, it's neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't. But all right, whatever. Well, it's it sounds like. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like you were eating a lot like how I would approach camping. I mean, essentially, that's what it is, right? So Yeah, um, that's a good way to think those? about it, I think. Uh, you have a little more, it's not as much of a pain in the ass. Like, with camping, you're setting up your kitchen, like, every single time. So, at least my, mm -hmm. you know, my storage is all fixed and stuff. So, yeah, glorified camp food, I think, is, uh, or upgraded camp food is, is a good way to think about yeah. it. I mean, what you're eating. But, like, one, one pot cooking, one, uh, you know, minimal being able to wash your dishes and that kind of thing. So trying to keep it all simple, making extra stuff you can put in the cooler, and I, prepping things. I saw people can. getting like way more crazy with their cooking. And I, I always kind of like, yeah, like that looks good. But like you're, you've been cooking for three or four hours and you got like five pots to clean and we're in the middle of nowhere. And you know, I'm like, like it just, it, it never, like to me, it just never seemed worth it. I mean, just uh, go to the glacier and like rinse your pots off, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, actually, that, that that is a good way to, to wash your dishes. Uh, get a little like uh, silt, like glacier silt, is you know, kind of uh, to agitate the. Uh, that that that's how I did most of my my dishes. If uh, I was near a river, <laughs> can just use a sponge. <laughs> yeah. Why would you? Yeah, do that? something else to clean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and you're yeah. you're you're like what you define as like clean kind of changes <laughs> as you you van life longer. Uh -huh. You probably don't need to take a B twelve supplement. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, 
All right. I got uh, several more questions here, but uh, why don't we pause for a second to uh, thank our sponsor? Okay. This episode of Nomi Athlete Radio is brought to you by Ned's collection of full-spectrum hemp oil products, which contains CBD extracted from the finest organic hemp plants and is all grown with love on a small 12-acre homestead in the bountiful farmland of Paonia, Colorado. From seed to bottle, Ned's premium small batch products are slow crafted to deliver superior quality while supporting independent farmers, communities, and the environment. Matt, as you know, I've been using CBD products pretty regularly for the past several years to help with sleep uh, and to aid some recovery from my runs. And I've got to say, I was really struck by the quality of Ned's products. They taste great, they work well, and you know, it just feels like a step up from a lot of the other products I've used before. In particular, I like the body butter, which I have recently been putting on my back because I've been having some back issues. Uh, but I also like to rub on my muscles after a long run, um, and it just seems to help with, help with uh, aid recovery. With CBD, there's no addiction or high. It just helps soothe and heal the body. They also produce oils, lip balms, and a collection specifically for women by women to help with menstrual discomfort and hormone balance. You can get 15% off today with free shipping by going to www.helloned.com slash no meat. That's www.helloned.com slash no meat and use code no meat for 15% off with free shipping. All right. So I want to ask about Alaska in particular, because I think Alaska is fascinating. Um, but before I do, Chris, is there any, is there anything you're going to, so you're about to go back or at least you will this summer, go back van life for another season in Alaska. Are you going to change anything about your setup when you go back? Um, yes and no. Um, there are some upgrades that I've been thinking about, um, but they're pretty minor. It's more like, you know, the bed platform I built is like one inch too wide to like wedge the cooler I have into this exact spot that I want, you know, take up this negative space. So it's, it's, it's nothing really like game changing, just kind of more incremental tweaks to make it a little more slick uh, and take advantage of the kind of the, the space I have better. Um, yeah. The next kind of next step up would be just like make the leap into a proper, you know, like cargo van, like a sprinter or something and, uh, you know, do like a real, a real proper build out. And uh, I had so much fun last year and I'm, I'm really excited about going back uh, in a couple months. Uh, that That's definitely in the cards for me. It's just a matter of like, I'm in no rush, you know, when, when it happens, it happens. Um, so hopefully in the next, uh, you know, two or three years, I will be full on sprinter van. It's full-on sprinter van. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah the, the the things that like the things that I I miss or the thing the things I thought I would miss by with the smaller setup are actually completely different than than what I ultimately miss. Like so for example, like you know people assume like oh bathroom and shower like that's a huge, super huge deal, but at the end of the day, it's really not. Um, and until you're actually doing it for a few weeks, you you don't realize it's not a big deal. So. What I'd really love is like to be able to like carry my bikes with me and have all my like adventure gear with me and like it's, it's more like i just want to carry more stuff to do fun stuff versus uh like creature comforts uh, right but like you know See, like having a blender would be nice stuff like that i know you, i know you keep talking about a sprinter van as being like big and luxurious but it's still i mean it's still pretty small <laughs> so, i mean i can't i can't imagine pooping in there if i'm being honest you know may, maybe a place to pee so you don't have to if you can't pee in the woods or whatever but yeah you know the going number two people even with a toilet they very rarely use it. It's kind of more like an emergency thing. Um, mm. And I can't speak of, you know, to van lifing in the lower 48. Um, I would imagine it's a little more challenging um, to use the restroom outdoors. But in Alaska, you know, it's just got a little shovel. It's not really a big deal. Um, so even people with the nice setups in the bathrooms, I, I feel like they weren't even really using it that much. Um, you know, and also like the, the thing you were saying about, Doug, about the, you know, like having the, the big 
you know, the big space, like, I view like the sprinter is like, like, I don't, I'm not looking for my, my van to be like a, a place that I like have, like, I don't need to lounge in it. Like, does, I don't need to have like, you know, living room area and you know, couch and kitchen table, like all that. That's just like, that's fluff in, in my opinion. Like you have like the whole world around you to, to do all that stuff. Um, so when I, when I say sprinter van uh, is like big and luxurious, like I'm, I'm viewing it as like, you're getting everything that you get in a huge RV except without the kind of completely unnecessary like indoor lounging areas. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyone, who, anyone who's thinking about this, you need, trust me, you need way more than you think you, way, I'm sorry, way less than you think you need. Promise you. I think that's probably true for not just fan lifing, but everything else in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> And, and, and like, especially outdoor stuff, you know, right? Because, like, like uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of backpacking and a lot of, you know, longer trail runs and kind of these things that, like, um, these adventures where you feel like you need to bring all this gear because what if this, what if that, you know? And as soon as you get out there and you're 10 miles in or whatever on this four-day backpacking trip, you're like, why did I pack my my Blintech, you know, there's not a plug anywhere around here. You know, it's like, it's like, why did you, why did you bring all this stuff with you? And, uh, I think, I think that part of, part of learning that is just actually going out and doing it and then realizing what you don't need. But mm-hmm. you, you know, it's another really interesting thing I realized, uh, like a month or two in that I never even thought about before was by not having like this comfortable, cozy, familiar home to go back to, you know, every day. Um, I just found that I, I was like doing so much more stuff. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it's so easy to like, okay, after work, go home, have some dinner and just kind of like loaf around and, you know, read or watch TV or whatever. But like when you're, when you're out there in the van, like everything is, you know, unless you have like a fixed place you're staying, going back to every night, you know, if, if you're actually on the road, like every day, every, everything you're doing is like, you got to be thoughtful about it and like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And like, all right, well, I'm here. You know, I might as well, let me go walk this trail for an hour. And I just, like the amount of stuff I did last summer is like five summers worth of activities because I was just always <laughs> out there, you know? And like, you know, you might, uh-huh. you might, well, you might think about like, uh, like you were saying, like, you know, take a, uh, go, go on a hike and, you know, crash at the trailhead the night before. Like, that's huge to be able to do that. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I would, um, you know, plan some stuff. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not tired now. I might as well just drive the hour to the trailhead and I'll just wake up exactly where I want to be and then come back, you know, after morning hike, make some breakfast. Oh, I want to take a nap. Well, my house is right here. Just, lay down and take a nap um like that flexibility and like just i just it, it just freed me up to just like do so much more um so that was like a really awesome pleasant surprise that you know just got like i said like five summers worth of adventure and fun in, in one summer just because you're in it all the time you know and like the the this like inertia to like just kind of be lazy it like it doesn't exist because you're just you're out there all the time Right, and and just li- like you said, lounging in your van isn't necessarily the most comfortable thing. So, might as well, well keep it, going. It, well, it actually them. it actually is. You know, like that uh that like hashtag van life shot that everybody knows. Like where you got the the tailgate open, sure, and you're laying in your bed and you got your feet out. Like it actually is pretty comfortable. So even when you are lounging, <laughs> like it's pretty it's pretty all awesome. Right. All right, all right. So so Alaska, you know, I think of Alaska as like this adventure wonderland, right, with a bunch of crazy remote places and mountains and trails and glaciers and everything in between. Uh, but I also think of it as being filled with salmon and people wearing 
fur coats made from <laughs> bears that they slaughtered and uh you know all that stuff like I, I just don't picture it as being very very vegan friendly um so tell me about that what's it like yeah. being a vegan in alaska you know it's not really the most uh, vegan friendly spot um however um you know i feel like there's two kind of groups of outdoorsiness in alaska um there's like the like the hunter kind of fisherman kind of world. Uh, and then there's just like the, you know, like the, the hiker, uh, like leave no trace kind of person. And, you know, the, even though Alaska is a huge state, it's, it's, it's not very densely populated. So, you know, there's, there's some towns that like, you know, this is a fishing town, so you're not going to find very many vegan options there. Um, and then, you know, another town that kind of has a lot more tourism. And, you know, I, I think the, you know, Tourism places want to cater to whoever's coming, and, and if there's a bunch of vegans that uh, that are traveling, which it seems like there's more and more of every year, um, they cater to them. So I was pleasantly surprised that in a in a lot of random remote places in Alaska that you know where uh, they did get tourism traffic for whatever reason, like the one or two restaurants in town would have like a secret vegan menu. <laughs> um, so that that was always kind of cool, and um, you know the, the the seasonal workers are brought in from all over the world. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really just those, like those situations where, you know, like you, th this entire town is just built on, you know, this one, you know, like this oil and this oil thing or this you know, fishing thing. Um, and there's, there's zero tourism interest in those areas. I pretty much found that I could always find something. Um, so that was always, that was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't really as bad as you think. And the awesome thing about band life also is even if, um, everything did go wrong and I couldn't find anything, like I've got everything with me. I've got my pantry and my cooking stuff. And, you know, so it was, uh, the, the backup option is always great. It's not like I'm just stuck with eating some almonds. Like if, if it really gets that bad, I will stop and cook up a, you know, a full meal. Or so, drive to Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. You can save in Walmart parking lots, right? And then like a, you can, um, oh man, there's, there's so many interesting things I learned like about stuff like that. So yes, Walmart is pretty friendly about letting you sleep in a parking lot. Um, I did it a couple times. You need a and I was car that, I think, right? Just for the record. I yeah, yeah. You can't set up a tent. <laughs> um, the, yeah, there was a couple times in Anchorage where I just kind of got stuck, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll just do the Walmart thing. And uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't cool. It was, it was like, a, so this is, this is another interesting thing about van life, right? So, and I would imagine that it's you get judged less in Alaska than you do in the lower forty-eight. But uh, if you don't, if it's not obvious that like you're living in an RV and it's like a nice new RV and you know, it's like, oh, is this person van lifing or are they homeless? Um, you know, there's, there's definitely like a lot of, not, I wouldn't say a lot of judging, but I definitely felt judged a bunch of times where people were like, oh, this guy's living in his van. Like, what the hell is he doing? Um, and the crowd that like stays overnight at Walmart is less van life and more like doing this out of necessity kind of thing. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of two different, uh, two different worlds. When you would roll into a place at night or in the afternoon or whatever to, to get set up, how often were you with other people who were in vans? Or how, uh, how often were you by yourself? It, I, I was mostly mostly by myself. It was more like um, you would encounter other people in vans because the geography of a place just kind of lent itself to like everyone to kind of congregate here. So, for example, um, you know, like in, in Seward, Alaska, it's it's on it's on the water and there's a glacier, you know, like ten miles inland and there's a you know a huge glacial runoff river that you know empties into the bay so you have this like road that goes along this i don't know 10 miles of, of like epic river scenery 
and you, there's all these pull-offs you can go and, go and drive down onto the river. So pretty much by all the pull-offs, you know, you, you look, there's a couple of vans here and then, you know, tucked in the trees or whatever. So in places like that, you know, vans would kind of naturally migrate into the same areas. So you chat people up if they're outside and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, I feel like people that were pursuing this lifestyle were, you know, kind of wanted to be left alone. Um, I think that that's also an Alaska thing where everyone's friendly, but for the most part, you know, it's like, leave me alone, I'll leave you alone kind of attitude. Uh, at least that's what I encountered. There's, a, there's not like a van life party scene that like all the uh, van lifers get together and rage all it. No, I mean, I, I was kind of doing the boondocking thing, meaning like I didn't want to be at like RV parks or like, you know, like I, I wanted to be off the grid. Um, there's definitely in the cities and in the RV parks and like the kind of the sanctioned areas and, and you see more like RVers in those places. Um, there's a scene, you know, people are hanging out there, but uh, I was, that wasn't really what I was looking for. I was, I kind of wanted to do the uh, off the grid thing. Cool. All right. I think uh, I think we should wrap up with any any good final stories you have. Do you have an epic van life story that uh, that you haven't mentioned yet? Oh man, there's a there's a bunch. Uh, mo- most of the most of the good ones were at the beginning when I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and I would just like like uh, oh here's 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 one. Um, I was I was near some industrial kind of thing. I don't know what the heck the heck it was, but I found this like nice little pull off, and there was a you know, nice, nice view of the bay in, down by Seward. And uh, I started hearing like a ruckus in the morning. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And, and like, I'm in like the entranceway to like some mining gravel site or something. And like, there's all these huge, you know, trucks flying by. And like, I just was in a, in a bad, in a bad position. And uh, it's like, I wake up and you got to go to the bathroom right away. And all of a sudden, like I'm on like some work site, <laughs> like in, in not a good place. And I'm just like scrambling to like, drive to the gas station to take a leak and it was just like you have like those those hectic moments where just you know things just kind of go wrong or um you wake up in the middle of the night and some you're in the middle of nowhere but some idiot parked their 50 foot obnoxious rv right next to you and is running their generator like right next to your window you know like little things like that um i definitely got judged a few times too um which is a little I didn't really care, but it just kind of felt weird to sure. know, have some person like clearly telling me to get out of here because they thought I was some homeless person squatting on their outskirts of their land or something. Um, but o- overall, you know, I think if you're doing the the, thing, the van life thing in Alaska, it's a it's a very friendly place uh, to do something like that. Um, I think you'd be running into a lot more, you know, little little things uh, in the lower 48. But uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're motivated, it's it's doable everywhere. Yeah, it seems like it. And, I mean, it just, just by how many how much I see it pop up more and more frequently. And, uh, like I said, I have two friends who have a, a sleeper van conversion thing. Um, and both of them have gotten them in the last year or two. Uh, you know, so just it seems more and more like people are, are, are doing it. Uh, and, I don't, you know, I, I got to say, so we... we uh, recently acquired a uh, like an old scion um which is like one of those box cars boxy looking cars you can't picture that and um the first my first thought when i saw it was like oh man i could totally convert this <laughs> <laughs> did, and, did you try uh, laying down in it to see if there's enough room there is if the way that the like seats lay down in the front because like the front passenger seat can like go flat the way it lays down 
you could easily put a board there and make it like perfectly flat and uh and have enough room to sleep in there and and you know again it's not like i i'm obviously not going to move my family my wife and my daughter into a scion but um you know like some sort of vehicle that i could take away for a night and um and sleep at a trailhead and just have the access to all the stuff you know that morning save time commuting and all that uh, it was pretty attractive to me. Uh, so, so this, that, this that's is that's the perfect way. That's the perfect way to dip your toe in and see if it's you know if you like it. Um, I I would encourage you to do it. I, I think uh, I mean now, now I know you know you a little better. I think you'd love it. I mean it's just you're, <laughs> it's like all the awesome things about camping, except none of the hassles of like, you know okay it started drizzling and now we got to deal with a wet tent or you know it's like, right you know do none of the breakdown none of the you know it's it's. Best of both worlds. Oh, you know, there is one other funny thing that I think you'll you'll be amused by um, that people that are attempting to do this full time should be mindful of. Um, if you're just doing it on weekends or whatever and you got a house, like people probably won't think this, but uh, since I was going, you know, all in on van life, that first month, um, people from my life were coming out of the woodwork who thought that I was like broken homeless and was living on the road. And people were calling me and like asking if everything was cool, if I, if I needed any help, like what's going on? Like... <laughs> People, people that like know about you know van life, but you know I didn't get that. But like you know like the older relatives and like people that aren't you know <laughs> on Instagram and stuff. That, like my entire extended family and friends thought I was homeless living in, on the road in Alaska for about two months. <laughs> like sending so, you checks and <laughs> yeah, like no, people could like yeah call me like dude you need money what's going on man everything cool. Um, so be be aware that, that might be uh, might be something you have to deal with if uh, if you're going full time. <laughs> That's what happens when I when I went vegan. That happened. People started telling me food and all that stuff. I just couldn't afford it. Yeah, or like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit my job and and work for a blog. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> so I'm sorry you got fired. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, it's intentional. No. Uh, no. This is this this is fun. This is it's fun to talk about. It's fun to dream a little bit about. Uh, just like it was with Michael to kind of dream about. Um, you know the more nomadic, uh, less rooted lifestyle, and and how I can pull some of that and uh, and you know pull some of it into the reality that I live in with with a family and um, a house and all that. You know, what, one thing I'll add too to that point uh, is before you know Michael and I got started on this uh, a year and a half ago, and before I did, you know made the leap to do the van life thing full time, it seemed like it was this crazy you know, idea that like, oh, I got to have all these things squared away. I need to have this much saved up and I need to have like X, Y, Z done before I can actually do it. And once I actually did it, it was so much less scary. It was, I needed like, I didn't, you don't, I wish I did it 10 years ago. I, I, you know, like I could have done this way sooner. I didn't need any of the things I needed or it, it's, it's a lot easier to pull off than you think. So yeah. I'd, I'd encourage anyone that's on the fence to, to make the leap. Awesome. Thank well, you, I got Chris. nothing else. Matt, you got anything else? No, appreciate it. Always fun to, uh, like you said, kind of daydream, fantasize. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although from the, I, from the comfort have, of my own home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to admit that uh, I, I have a feeling that Matt um, daydreams a little bit more about traveling uh, and living in living in apartments internationally than uh, living in the back of a van. <laughs> you know, I, I actually have thought about like my wife wants to do the national parks kind of summer where we just uh-huh. drive around in a rent an RV or whatever. I I, I have no interest in the national parks. I really don't. <laughs> not a bit. But 
I think it'd kind of be cool to have a motorhome and like uh, not uh, not van life a motorhome that, that you know actually uh, has has a bathroom and like a small kitchen or all. I, I'd enjoy that for like a month or two I think uh, mm-hmm. so I I could get into that I don't know what yeah. I would do when they go to the national parks probably just <laughs> watch Netflix or something but <laughs> anyway. oh man we're so different uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, no, this is this. Is, thank, th- thanks, Chris, for coming on, and uh, you know we're we're excited to have such uh, people on our team who are doing such cool things. Definitely, awesome. Thanks, it was a lot of fun. All right, talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening, yep, everyone. Bye. Bye.